What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I am your host, Jonathan Cote. Joining me on the panel tonight are... Johnny! Double dose of los. Oh! Roger May. Producing, as always, is Matt Lubick, who's back from yeah. Seattle. Not as Man, always, you killed right. my joke. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, you know what? It feels like I haven't seen you guys in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> it's because you haven't. Um... Uh, anyway, glad you're back. Uh, if you have you. not listened to this podcast before, we are a somewhat spoilery podcast, so we're probably going to ruin the endings of some books. God willing, we'll remember to actually give you some warning before then. Uh, we typically review a DC book, a Marvel book, and an independent book, a graphic novel. We'll do some trivia. We usually do some news, which there is none of tonight. We'll do some previews and maybe answer a couple of questions. So, without further ado, who's pitching DC? Johnny? Yep. Go ahead. So, uh, we read Batman the Devastator number one uh, by, uh, what is it, Frank Thierry? Mm-hmm. Right, Frank Thierry um, did the plot, James Tynan did the words, I guess, and Tony Daniels did the pencils. Um, it's uh, Batman the Devastator, it's basically Batman um, injects himself with a doomsday virus to stop an evil Superman from uh, destroying his uh, world. Um, and he decides to come to uh, the regular uh, Earth, Earth Zero, I believe, to stop the Superman there. That's the pitch. All right. Well then, yes. Uh, first of all, I liked this one a lot. Probably not as much as the Merciless, uh, mainly because they spent a lot more time on Earth Prime, building that up. There's a lot of technology happening over here in the background. <laughs> uh, they spent a lot of time, kind of, in just the present time with what's going on in Metropolis with the Devastator and whatnot. So they didn't, I mean, granted, they, they did pretty much give us uh, most of what we needed to know about his background on the Dark Multiverse, or in the Dark Multiverse. But it would have been nice if they kind of paced it out like how a lot of the other ones spent kind of half the issue bouncing back to, uh, you know, where they're from and then coming forward. Mm-hmm. I think this spent a lot more time in the present. That was my really my only knock. Um, it's beautiful because it's my boy Tony. Eh. So I'm gonna smack you so I'm just hard. Kidding, I will dude. smack it's, the smugness good. right it's, off it's you. It's good. It's good. <laughs> so Carlos, what did you think, man? You know what? I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Um, I haven't really read a lot of them. I I think I only read the the Flash one with the Red, Red Death. Death, the Red Death, and this is probably the second one I've read now. Mm-hmm. You haven't read Dawnbreaker or Merciless yet? No, I haven't. Oh read my gosh! Yeah, yeah, dude. So, so I, re- I really enjoyed it. It was a different take. It, it's kind of like what what if Batman lost his hope in Superman? Yep. You know, and, and what if the bromance failed? Yeah. What if the bromance failed and and basically he just became dark? Right. I enjoyed it. It was a good story. I I agree with what Jonathan said. I think it spent way too much time in 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 the present. They had uh, maybe a couple of pages in the um, the Earth where devastator came from yeah and i had yeah i thought this issue was okay um not my favorite by a long shot um it's not a bad issue uh but for me it was kind of like it was my Zack snyder issue (laughs) i was like what the heck i mean it goes popcorn yeah well i get spoilers um in our earth Okay, uh, or Earth Zero, um, Devastator infects the entire population with the Doomsday virus, so they would 
you know, that everybody would be able to kill Superman whenever. Who you is know? not even around at this Who's point. Not, <laughs> right, he's not even around. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was like, wait, now we've gone completely off the rails. It's one thing for, you know, the, um, the Earth, you know, his Earth to become unstable and spin out of control, go off into the dark multiverse. Um, but, I mean, they are completely wrecking <laughs> Earth Zero. Um, and, I mean, you know, it was one thing to have, you know, the mountain show up, Challenger Mountain or whatever, in the middle of Gotham City, which is like, whoa. But now, I mean, Metropolis is wrecked. Detroit's wrecked. Central City's wrecked. Hey, wrecked. go hard and Everybody's go Everybody's doomsday. And I thought, I thought it was just kind of, it was, you know, it was making our uh, Earth Zero, Earth Prime, um, j- just uh, uninhabitable for anybody. And, and yet, you know, their whole, you know, uh, Batman Who Laughs whole point was, hey, I know a, a yeah. nice shiny place where we can go. That was probably Kumbaya, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, they're just they're wrecking this place and so for me it was like a Zack Snyder movie where you're just at the end just you're destruction like your jaws agape and going uh, yeah you know who's it, gonna pay for this how are they gonna get out of it and so I don't you know I would have rather I, I and maybe you know this will come back into play but um, I mean for me you know this the story almost went off the rails with um, the, the epic level destruction and I, I would have been much happier if they took those two pages uh, of Devastator's origin and spread it out over the whole comic. Yeah, me too. That because they they really didn't. That was very rushed. They they did not give sufficient basis now, for Superman. Yeah, I was about to say. Evil. I I was not thoroughly convinced. Like, what's going on here? I I have no. Yeah, they never like, did say why he became. Yeah, like did. what happened there? They could have spent a lot more time on that. Now, to be fair, this creative team stepped in. I don't know who the original writer and artist were for this issue, but they were kind of like the pitch hitters. They had to come in and do oh, this really? because whoever it was couldn't do it. Mm. Okay. So time that could that could have something to do with how this issue played out. They were maybe you know uh, Scott was like, I got an idea. This is what every you know one of the the Dark Knights has to be like, whatever. And he he he. I know he threw it to each creative team that was like for the Flash team. Obviously, they did Red Death for, mm. but then a couple of them obviously were different creative teams because some of them just couldn't take taken on even though some of them I, I can't remember who it was that was supposed to do this originally but everybody wanted to do it and then a team had to back out mm. so I think they came in if I'm not mistaken I could okay. be reading like all the Twitter yeah. stuff wrong but no and, that, and that's fine I mean but they would have had I mean they would have had had some editorial assistance yeah. or you know some conversations with Snyder about what needed to be done in, in the course of this issue I did, <coughs> but, but I think you know um I don't. I really don't think that they they really provided, you know, um, a sufficient backstory for for you know Superman going nuts and no. killing everybody. Well, they left yeah. it open, right? And, well, no, but see, they get they said oh, like it? three things. Like Bruce is going. Oh, apparently, you know, uh, Astros, just Astros just won the World Series. All right. So to our <laughs> listeners in Houston, <laughs> congratulations to all of our listeners in LA. Uh, why? Please, why? please leave something left. Yeah, uh, please don't burn and torch don't, everything. Yeah, 
Uh, don't they only write if we win? It's no, it's uh, win or lose. No. Win or yeah. lose? It's L.A. Yeah, it's sports LA, fans man. are the worst. They write worse when when they, they lose. lose, but um, they might, you know. Oof, they choked. It's just a game. Yeah, who cares? Um, <laughs> anyway, this book. <laughs> All of L.A. cares at this point, John. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Glad I think I, I have event fatigue. This is just... Uh, this is giving me flashbacks to uh, DC's like last big event, which was Convergence, where all the first issues they had the same um, structure and the same like plot points. This happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. Like in all of the books, and it was tiring and it was just annoying. The I granted, I've only read three. I've only read the the red. De- <laughs> all of the books, granted, I've only read three. <laughs> no, the three one shots. Um, the what is it? The the Red Death. Uh, the Death. the the mechanical one, which one was Murder that one? Murder Machine. Murder Machine and the Devastator. They're all the same. Something bad happens to Batman. Batman goes crazy. He turns kind of bad. The Batman who laughs come says like come to this new world. They do that. Dude, they never said it wasn't gonna be like. Well, that's that's the thing. No, that's the no, thing. I want true. something new. This is just boring to me. Johnny, like that's yeah. kind of the premise that they set out from the outset, dude. I, I, I know it's the origin of every Batman and all the d- decisions, the what ifs that didn't happen. Yeah, reacting just, to Batman not doing something right or Batman having something bad happen to him. It's all the the different multiversal mm-hmm. mistakes, if you will. Yeah, I just. I wish it was they more never, interesting. They never build it as anything other than that. And there's some really good issues. You're right, right. Like I didn't I haven't read Dawnbreaker and like from what you guys said, like it makes me want to read it. But if it's like this where something bad happens to Bruce Wayne, he turns bad and he does something bad to the world, then I I'm not interested because that's that's what all the issues have been so far well, then, for me. Yeah, well I mean those those decisions lead to yeah. untenable futures right. that spin off into the dark and that's cool to die. And that that's really cool. Like the the future storylines of their futures or their past, that is really interesting. But all, what they just focus on in these issues is just their origin, why they got to this place. And and after well, a while, this one less so. Right. I mean, it does. But then this it, this one's a, a little bit different from like Red Death or uh, Murder Machine, where they kind of show what is exactly happening in um, in Earth Prime or whatever. Um, and that's interesting. Um, but Honestly, look, like to me, it's just I'm tired. I'm tired of this event. Yeah, I look at I look at these issues, these one shots, as popcorn. Mm, okay. You know, you have the main series that's going on that's really you know kind of progressing the story. Um, we get the the fourth issue in December, which okay. is a bit. Yeah. But Oof. all of these are just meant to you know to to provide you you know some backstory. On who these, you know, they're all Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah, but what? And and I think that that's kind of, you know, I mean, because comics, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's just supposed to be, you know, entertainment and and to give you, you know, uh, some some insight into what led that Bruce. Yeah, it's these. like a what if, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, the, the thing is, like, I, I, I said that it gave me flashback to Convergence. This is nowhere near as bad as Convergence was because every Convergence book was exactly the same. You know, I like disagree. The, like the, like there was the, a couple of solid little two-part ones that were out for right. that event. But, like, in, in actually, in every first issue, the big event was, like, you hear a loud voice in the sky and then this yeah. uh, the bubble comes down or something like that. Well, that was again, right. that was the event, though. It was a bad event. 
Um, this isn't. Well, this is a lot I'm more interesting than Convergence. Yeah, this is like. I don't even know why we're comparing There was some strong storytelling within. The side stories. The side stories. Especially right. the ones that Dan Jurgens did. Right. I like so. the I really like the the Flash family one. That one was uh really good. The convergence one, I forgot. Speed Force. Right. Uh that one was good. But to me it just it, it feels like I'm reading the same thing. While I'm not. I get that. Well, I mean, and you are. Mm-hmm. You are. I mean they're all they're all, you know, dumb decisions by Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. that, you know. Um but I, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't look for for anything existential or meaningful out of the books. Exactly. I just, yeah, they're one shots. They're, they're entertaining. A little flavor. I'll, I'll say that one of my favorite moments, you know, probably we'll call it top because I have a lot of favorite moments from all of these these mm-hmm. metal one shots yep. and the regular issues, and and one of my top five came in this book when. Again, I, th- I think that they could have. Superman didn't when when he's there talking to Bruce. He doesn't seem evil enough. He just seems like cold. Chillax, and, yeah. You know, he's like you know. I, I hear these people talking about how you could beat me. Yeah, you know, I like and all this stuff. And he's like, and lasers his arm off because yeah. <laughs> Bruce. I thought it was. I thought it. it I thought it was cute that they put in the kryptonite spear. Yeah. Like from the movie. Yeah. That made me chuckle. And he's like, and you came at me with a spear. You came at me with a spear. And and Bruce is reaching for it and Clark just lasers his arm off. Yeah. And I was like it's really good. That that's I love that uh scene actually from this book because like it's true. Like Superman could take out Batman in an instant. Like no contest. None at all. Something I think he says something about that to him, about being able to do it from space or something. Right, right. He, he, He he said that they uh, people say that if you prepared, you can take me down, and he's like, I can uh, like kill you with one look and things like that. Right. And that's like from a cold Superman. That sounds really cool because it's absolutely true. That's why I wanted. I wanted that little bit of the story. I wanted extended. I wanted that to be all yeah, twenty some story. pages. I wanted that would have been awesome. You spend more been... time getting into Clark's head. What you know? Can I don't get pick a pick a scenario? Mm-hmm. You know whatever. You know, mind, you know, uh, control, whoever. Because then that would have pushed that Bruce really to the brink. Like, yeah. he, he could have pushed him a lot farther to, like, finally inject the doomsday virus. Right. Because it could have been. I mean, you know, because Bruce is sitting there, you know, contemplating. He's like, I don't know if it was this or this or this reason. Uh, and I'm like, pick a reason. Yeah. I don't care. Pick a reason and stick to it. That what, you know, I mean, you know, there's any number of things that. Where, because in uh, in Injustice, it was Joker, yeah. right? Who Killing did it to him, who Lois, teamed it with somebody Lois, else, Lois, and, yeah. And it's like, wow, that's really cool. So you yeah, pick a reason, and stick right. to it, and and explore that whole story because that's interesting. Yeah, that, yeah, that, but that, to, but to me, that was one of the best parts because they left it open, and that's a story maybe you could tell. Well, well future, yeah, in a future but comic or something, it, or it somebody feels, else could tell it. I don't, it I don't feels, know if I necessarily want right any more of bad the, Superman. The, no, well, that and with the Dark Knights. After this event, I don't want to see the Dark Knights mm-hmm. probably just ever. being around in the right. DC. They need to go away for a very, very, very long time, yeah. if forever. Right. Okay. This to make this special, this needs to. They need to be a, a almost a one and done thing. Unless you like decades down the road, they're like, hey, you remember that thing Snyder did with the Dark Knights? What if we brought them back in like this way or whatever? That's the mm-hmm. only thing I could excuse. If it's within like you know, yeah, I don't a, want them in prison in the fan no, zone. No, no, <laughs> none yeah. of that. Yeah, none of that. No. Like it, it needs to be for me. It needs to be a one and done like kind of thing because one of the things that makes um, 
Hush special. Yes. Is you don't see him. He's not like the Joker that pops up consistently. Yeah. After Hush, it was a while before we saw Tommy Elliott again. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I want. And it if wasn't going to bring him back. It wasn't as special as that first sighting of Hush, you know, like that, that first thing. Um, Carlos, you said like, yeah, they left it open, but I feel like they left it open by necessity because they didn't have any ideas. Uh, to what to do with bad Superman. Well, they threw out a few a right. few ideas. They they, they so. threw out, but like, what can we really do? You know, it it just it came out of nowhere that he was evil, and they just uh, once they were done with it, they were done with it. Well, let's let's rate this. Okay, cool. So, uh, Johnny, um, uh, two. I didn't particularly like the art as well. Um, the story was okay. I just I didn't like it. It's not horrible. It's not bad. It's just I'm I'm tired of it. Carlos, I'll, I'll give it a four. Two and a half. I'm gonna go three and a half for Tony. <laughs> <laughs> you trust Superman like a big big beefy boy. <laughs> I love <laughs> I love Tony Daniel so much. Like I I would rate it higher if the story was higher. I thought I yeah I thought the art was great. The art I really love, was like I, perfect. I, I love his. I love the look of all of these guys. Um, I just really now I've got to see if they follow up with this in metal to see. You know, I I do I like how the Earth negative one Batman kind of looks like the uh, Earth one Batman from Jeff Johns and Gary Frank a little bit with like the little color scheme. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's go over to our indie book. Andy Carlos. Oh, man. Okay. Robotech. So we're doing Robotech by Brian Wood and Marco Torini. Torini, yes. All right. So I really don't know how to pitch this book, honestly. <laughs> you guys gave me the hardest book to pitch. It's an 80s anime. Is it really? Yes. Yeah, I oh. remember it being an anime. And I've yeah. never been. Huh. 80s. Like I can't even, even it was, imagine it was that around, long ago. It was around the time of Transformers also. Yeah. If I want to, if I, if Is my memory. Like maybe Messenger Z? No, I don't believe it's, no, it's Hasbro. Hasbro. It's Is Messenger Z older? I have no clue what don't that know. is. But Carlos, go ahead. So Sorry. this is, uh, so what it says in the beginning of the book is that an alien ship lands on Earth where then they develop alien technology off of it. Well, it advances their technology. It advances their technology. And once they develop this super dimension fortress, these mysterious aliens decide to attack. So they're forced to use the spaceship to do uh, some kind of uh, what? Like a. Transformers type of thing? No, they escape. They escape into some kind of like a warp or something like that I don't know what you would call it a space fold is what they call it yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's folds based off of like how they use the like technology the, the yes. wormhole so now they're stranded in, in this in this uh, space fold in space <clears throat> and they're trying to repair their ship while the aliens prepare to attack again yeah it's like half aircraft carrier half alien ship transformer yeah. thing mm-hmm. um, we've we've got some I, I never watched this show. I didn't even know it was um, an anime. Or either. Like a show. Uh, we do have some guys in the shop that pick Around these the big books up, quite a few, mm. uh, who are huge fans of the show. Um, they probably know what was going on. Probably because it hits I the nostalgia not, bone a lot. Yes. Well, and, they're probably, and they probably read all the issues. This comic was not written for, even with the synopsis in the front, 
Yeah, this is not a it's jumping on point. not a good issue to jump in on. Mm-hmm. I did not know what was going on. Considering it's Brian Wood, that's kind of tough, too. I, you know, I didn't look at that. I didn't realize that until the words came out of Carlos's mouth. I was like, <laughs> it's Brian Wood. Seriously? <laughs> because I did not think it was, you know, I mean, it's not a horribly written comic, but it's not a well-written comic either. Um. But if you read the letters in the back, people are praising this thing up and yeah. down. Yeah, they really. But I really, it. I, I, honest to God, think because look, I maybe have seen one or two episodes of Robotech. I am vaguely familiar with the concept, and I mean that like to the extent of that word, vaguely. Okay. Isn't it just knockoff uh, Transformers? Yes, a little bit, <laughs> kind of, but 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 with more humans actually controlling the transforming stuff. If Maybe I'm not more mista- convoluted. <laughs> if yeah. I'm not mistaken, you know. So. Um, from what I understand, reading the letter section, like people are digging this grittier take on Robotech. Yeah, yeah. But I don't have the affinity that those people have for this, so it was a little bit of a rough read getting through. I didn't think it was horrible, but I was like, coming in in issue four is a mistake. Yeah, I think this is something you need no. to start from the beginning. Yeah, anybody, <coughs> anybody interested? Because look, the guys in the shop are the same way. They swear I'm, by it. I've got, I've got guys getting two of every cover and this is a company that does four or five covers mm-hmm. okay this is titan right and so yeah. yeah and you know and after the first issue you know most of, most of them came back and said yeah i'm in i'm in this is great wow and and they're sticking with it so it's got a it's got a really devout following um i wouldn't know from this issue but if 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 you if you have an inkling to pick this book up and start it start from the beginning yeah, um, I, I was I was lost with the characters. I was lost with the setup. I was, you know, I was yeah. Lo- yeah uh, everything about this is like extremely bad at a jumping on point because you don't know who the characters are. You don't know their situation. There's a little um, uh, what is that thing called in the beginning? Like a little summary uh, in the beginning, kind of showing you exactly what's going on. But even with that, you're still a little bit lost. Uh, you know, the aliens are attacking them, and uh, you don't know why. Uh, their uh, gun is uh, unoperational, and you also don't know why. It, there's a lot of... split power between the right. defense shields and the weapons. And, there's a lot of things that we are missing. But there's yeah. a great thing about this book that raised it a full point. One of the main characters' name is Roy Fokker. <laughs> no way. It, yeah, did you, did you not read that? <laughs> no way. <laughs> How did I miss that? That's pretty good. Right here. <laughs> Raised it a whole point. Roy oh Fokker. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have no clue if that's how you actually pronounce it. I'm but sure that's not it's how you Fokker. pronounce it. I don't care. It's <laughs> Fokker, dude, it, after it, it reading is. that. It is. Meet the Fokker is exactly what I thought. <laughs> God, I don't like saying that word because I feel like we have to be bleeped. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. Anyway. Uh, all right. It's not like we're saying what the fuck. What did you guys think about the art? The, it was all right. I didn't yeah, like it. Wasn't it great, it was but it was all right. I didn't like it. Uh, the lips are weird, and uh, there were some. Well, there were some odd facial expressions right. here yes. and there. I don't think it was throughout though. It just uh, the it seemed too stiff the to pencil style looks stiff and also very uh, messy. Mm-hmm. Um, the lips are also there's a lot of uh, lines in there, and the teeth are weird mm-hmm. sometimes. Okay, all right. I don't yeah. know, man. I, I don't I really know how to. Hell. I don't know how to talk about it just because I I was so confused about. Unfortunately, the, I didn't yeah. enjoy it, so, so. I can't. Not. Grade. I don't think it's a. I, I honestly don't think it's it a bad, bad book. It wasn't bad. I think if I had started on issue one and got to this point, I'd. 
probably have a higher rating for we it. Have but a also, better understanding, yeah. yeah. It felt like much. Some, it doesn't uh, hit the nostalgia for me the way it does with some other customers. So it, it also feels like nothing really happened except you know that thing at the last page. Well, there's a lot that yeah, happened. Yeah, pretty much focused around the battle scene. Yeah, you had, yeah. But you, had, you had some flashbacks that I was completely yeah. confused over. That you actually know, seemed this like guy, the more interesting stuff. That was that I was very intrigued about that, and it bothered me that I was lost with the flashbacks with the guy going in, and there's dead people on the bridge, and and, then and he seemed to be affected by it, yep. but you, you don't know what he's gonna do. <clears throat> I gotta say, um, I like the art much better in the first in the flashback. I don't know. I think it's just the Kind of the monotone look, the gray wash. Right, yeah. it looks, it looks more detailed. Where this color kind of looks dirty. Yeah, I wish. Um, yeah, I, I wish I had a better understanding of that. I'm, I, I'm gonna give it two stars. Right. Um, I, I, I do think that a a great comic and and most good comics, regardless of where you're coming in on the story, will be able to bring you up to speed that yeah. they can be written in such a way through exhibition or dialogue that you're not completely lost and i think i'm, I'm surprised that somebody as as accomplished as brian wood uh did that now he, he might just be a super huge fan too yeah and is writing it from a right. fan's perspective anyway two stars two stars from you yeah, two stars for me too. The the most interesting parts, like Roger said, were the flashback scenes mm-hmm. where he's in the infirmary talking to one of the, I don't know what she is, but he's talking to her, and then he flashes back to the beginning, the first two pages in this book. I wanted more of that to see what that led to, mm-hmm. um, and like like Roger said, uh, when you read a comic, it should it should make you want to go back and read issues one one two and three. Right, but this book just didn't do it for yeah. me. Yeah, um, yeah, I was. I was lost. I didn't like the art, uh, and I don't like sci-fi. So uh, two stars. Uh, two and a half. Like I said, full point raised. Roy <laughs> Fokker. Wow. Roy nice. Fokker saved this book. <laughs> the fact that they kept the name Roy Fokker. Some fan of this book's gonna like completely school me on the pronunciation know, right? of that name. I'm pretty sure it's what you said. I'm pretty all pretty sure all fans of this book are gonna school me on the series <laughs> this week. So. All right. Um, oh God, it's my turn. Yeah. Uh, Captain America Legacy, Marvel Legacy, Home of the Brave Part One. Mark Wade, Chris Samney. Uh, a whole lot of redundancy in one issue that does nothing. It goes nowhere. This was largely set up to get people reacclimated to old school Captain America. Um, Is it old school? Yeah, yeah. They go back to old school Captain with America. wings. Oh. Um, What's your part? Yes. I just there's nothing terrible about this, but there's nothing great about it. It's just. It's good. Yeah, I mean, Wade's a great writer. I don't know mm-hmm. why he wouldn't start something off like Captain America with a bang. Steve Rogers right. is back. Let's go right into something. But no, they give you this original story of him saving a town. He comes back 10 years later, saves the same town from the same threat. That's pretty much the general plot of this. Yeah, yeah. this issue. It sets nothing up that makes me want to say, like, oh, there's something intriguing here that I'm going to come back to. Maybe he's laying some groundwork for a future arc. Yeah, I 
I wholeheartedly disagree, Jonathan. I think he's going for the long run. For uh, the past couple of years since the, like, Marvel Now, like, 2011. uh, 2012 Marvel Now? Right, whatever. Uh, The, since... Since um, Rick Remender wrote it like real badly, um, lies real lies. badly. No, that was a great anyway. run. You didn't like the fact that it went into Dimension Z. That was a Dimension fantastic one. But Rom- Romita on art was not. What a <laughs> dumb idea. Anyway, um, this just this is exactly what I needed as a Captain America fan. Like Captain America is is one of my favorite superheroes, um, and because of uh, things like this, because he. Uh, it shows what the character truly is, and after what we got last run from um, Nick, what's Spencer. Nick Spencer, this is exactly what we needed. Like, yes, this is Captain America. This is the true Captain America that we're getting now, and this is just get me getting me excited for what's coming next. <laughs> Even though nothing really major happened, it just filled me with hope and the love of Captain no. America that I've had uh, for a long time that I haven't felt. Uh, is, in a long time. This says part one, but there's yeah. nothing right. that I can see because he even says yeah. the end at the end of this. That so, that's, that's a mistake. Well, it, it left out of one. Oh, part <laughs> one, of one. And this? here's my here's my other major issue <laughs> with this issue. My issue with the issue yeah. is because I told Roger this is one. Yeah, I was like, this is what pissed me this. off. Like right off the bat, they start with the origin of Captain America. In every single mm-hmm. legacy book, they've been doing these little three page origins. Of the character. They did the same thing in this. So you read literally the same thing twice on top yeah. of the story repeating. Oh, so there's the recap. Well, it's just nothing know. but redundancy in through this whole thing. When I first yeah. started reading this book, I just get those. I, I, I got a little excited because I was like, oh my God, maybe they listened to us. Maybe they put the primer pages up front. <laughs> <laughs> and no. and no. so I immediately, I, I, was, I was still on the first page and I flipped to the back. And I was like, there's primer pages at the back, too. What the heck? And that really kind of confused me. And I had to say, you know, when I saved Captain America for last, assuming that it would be the longer read, um, and I was, after reading um, Devastator and Robotech, I was like, oh, my goodness, I think Captain America is going to be the best book of the week. Nope. <laughs> I think it's a one-shot. Exactly. And, and this way, I'll, I'll agree with you wholeheartedly, Johnny. I think it's a one-shot that resets the tone mm-hmm. of the Captain America universe. And yep. But at the same time, I think that um, Mark Wade made a fatal error in um, telling, not showing. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that... Wade's better that than he, that. He took... He took a two by the 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 uh, the Boy Scout two by four and beat me upside the head with it. <laughs> you know that it, you know he was everything. What you know, and I think I thought it was very predictable. I think anybody anybody who's nine years old will love this book. I think anybody who's not who has not been poisoned by by Marvel's. Um, I'm getting late <laughs> over the last five years. Right. Yeah, they're they're at, right. I think you the know any of that. Um, I think those guys will love this book. It will definitely it definitely shows you what Captain America is about. Yeah. However, I think that I, I'm not sure why Wade felt like he had to do a one shot story to reset the tone. Right. He's such a good writer, such an accomplished writer. Yes. That he could have started off with a storyline 
that you know the tone's gonna the tone will come through but I think you know? he, he's done that with the single uh, hero books that he's written, like Daredevil uh, issue one. Like, oh, this isn't like Brian Michael Bendis or Frank Miller Daredevil. Exactly. This is a different Daredevil. That's yeah. that's exactly what he set up in the first issue. Also with Black Widow, I believe someone uh, who was also writing um, The Punisher uh, was writing Black Widow before uh, Mark Wade and Chris Samuel were completely different books, and it 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 started with the the first issue, and like yeah, I get it. it I don't yeah, think that might be his mo as right. a writer Wait, to say okay, started... I want you, I want to calibrate you for my. Mm. You are know, we saying he did he did one shots for each of those, or he actually like told the story? No, Daredevil. He actually had a whole run. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I know that, but I mean, but like, was the, like, his first issue, issue just a one shot? It was. There were uh, several one shots. I don't like first... that. I don't like that at but, all. But I love things in each of those one shots that led to a, a, a grander story. At right, the end. like this this Rampart group can come back. I'm pretty sure that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. I think this story exists for the people that have been burned uh, by the previous Captain America runs. To like, this is what I want. This is what I want from a Captain America book. Uh, some some a hero that inspires hope. You know, this is kind of like how I feel when you read uh, Superman Rebirth, where you're like, yes, this is the Superman we've been missing this whole Except time. Except that one was really good. Well, this one's really good to me. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have well, a again, hard I time mean, saying really good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Not when you it comes to DC. Marvel bashers you. <laughs> no. what de- I, look, I mean, I think, you know, I think that there are people that will like this yeah, book. No doubt. Yeah. I enjoyed um, it. It was good. I, I'm, I'm with John. It was fun. Mark Wade does a good job of doing like swashbuckling one shots with. He did it with Daredevil. He's doing it now with Captain America. Chris Somniart. I'm. I'm just a sucker Chris for Omni it. Art, dude. Yeah, I'm like I, I get I like it. Like, yeah, the art was fine. Marvel, Marvel no is messing up with you know uh, titling, uh, like putting six ninety five and doing part one and then doing that um, thing at the back. Like that's just they're messing up the the story mark wade's story i think is just perfect for people that have been that have been wanting uh, a good captain america book since the first marvel now dimension z stuff like a lot of a uh, lot of captain america fans didn't didn't like that you know because it's like this doesn't feel like captain america but i disagree i i dug the heck out of that right yeah. well yeah, i did too the rick remender run was good yeah. rick remender's run was good Maybe it was just the, uh, the Ramita Z and and yeah. Ramita Junior art. Because you know, like, as soon as he they got out, the yeah. art changed, and it was a good story. Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, it was I thought even thought his yeah. art fit that story too. The, the weirdness of the weirdness of Dimension Z was just. Well, they all bow to Ed Brubaker. And, and <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah, this yeah. is true. No lies. This <laughs> just felt like a great American hero story that I've been working for. The art's amazing. The art's always amazing. I've got no complaints about Sammy's art. He's fine. I want him to do Superman. (laughs) I can see that. That He does. He has that kind of vibe. Or Batman and Robin. Imagine him doing Batman. Nope. No, Superman, yes. Batman and Robin, man, too. Just the the art is is so... The art and coloring is so fluid and and just... It's full of life. Uh, you know, and that's what we've been missing uh, from Captain America. We don't, uh, yeah. well, at least I don't want dark, dark uh, Captain America where he's like always brooding and he's always broken down. Like, no, I want someone to inspire hope. I want someone to say like, hey, we take care of the, the little guy. You we know, we want to uh, be good in the world. And that's what this book is. I agree. I want that too. Yeah. But. <laughs> right. I, 
the storytelling the storytelling yeah. can be i want i want you to and it, it to me it seems like it, it's superficial yep mm-hmm. you know okay you know um, it's kind of it's it's kind of a cotton candy approach here eat it this. didn't make me want to come <laughs> you know, back that's it's the colorful problem. and 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 sugary and I would I would like something a little more a little more savory. Right. Okay. Yeah. You you want, want kind more. of more of a uh, an overarching story yep. type of thing. Okay. That makes sense. You know, we haven't had proper back to basics cap since like 2014. Not even like longer. No, it was 2014. What was 2014? The end of Rick Remender's mm. Captain America before Sam Wilson took over. Oh yeah. Mm. Well, okay. That's Sam Wilson, like yeah, Rick Remender's old, was run was turned old, and then Secret Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes. then hydro cap. Okay, so it, you guys, somebody explain the stamp thing. What's the stamp thing all about? Oh, you I have not been this. listening to episodes regularly, Carlos. No, I have not, sir. Because we've been, been working in school and <laughs> okay. children's party to plan and. Oh, so right. the Marvel stamps, you have happy to clip them. You have, happy belated birthday! Thank you. You have to clip them out and put them in a book. Don't do that. Do it. Who cares? Um, it's a uh, another. Part of Marvel embracing the whole legacy component. <laughs> Marvel stamps were done back in the seventies, uh-huh. uh, and and kids cut them out of their their comics and made oh, no. made older too. collectors three decades later very angry. <laughs> or those same collectors. So <laughs> what you're saying is don't cut them out. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, these are inserts, so I, I don't care. I mean. <laughs> This man ripped a comic in half say, on air one time to my I, horror. Did you I was like, like <gasps> book was I can't air. remember what book it was, but he yeah, got the biggest know. kick out of like my my terrified look. Like I can do it again. <laughs> I know. Was it a bad or something? It was a DC it? book because it was returnable. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm returning this. We were like, we were talking about something, and you were just like, <laughs> and I was like, it was Convergence number eight. That it? it was a Convergence no, no, book. No, 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 it was a Rebirth book because was it, it was returnable. But no, the Convergence number eight was the one when you came in, and I <laughs> oh, you crinkled I, it. Yeah, I, I just crinkled it into yeah. a ball. Oh, no, that's, that's a, not what I'm talking about. Because we were on air one time, and you ripped it yeah. in half. Yeah, he was ripping yeah. away pages. That's great. Yeah. You should oh, do wow. that again. That was real slow. Should have done that way. Was real it a cyborg? No, no, no. I don't think it was. A Nightwing, real. maybe. Maybe Nightwing. It, I think it may have been Nightwing. Nightwing yeah. Like yeah. the Raptor. I, the I Raptor like. I saw the the Nightwing on the wall, and it, yeah. the Raptor's still in He's in there. Still in it. God, why? Uh-huh. I'm convinced at this point that Tim Seeley's not that good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I keep trying to give him chances because everybody says they like him. Yeah. And he's just one of those guys that doesn't do it for me. He just doesn't. I just get angry like when I read stuff. Columbine. Yeah, and then like I see stuff on Twitter, I'm like, nope, you and I don't get along. <laughs> That's just what this comes Jeez. down to. Um, anyway, so what will we rate this book? Go ahead, Johnny. Uh, it's not perfect. Uh, I do agree with what you guys say uh, on on stars. some <laughs> <laughs> on, on the some price of the new issue. <laughs> Is it really? No, no, no it's three ninety nine. Okay. So well, I, I do agree with you guys that uh, maybe it would have been better to start an overarching story, but. Uh, despite that, I still loved it. So uh, me me loving it equals a five. So wow, that's it. Nice. Wow. Chris Mark. Omni gets a four. <laughs> four stars for you? Four stars. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have to give Marvel props. I've seen fewer four ninety nine and above this books is from true. them that's, uh, in stuff. Legacy, which I think is a smart move. Um, It'll be back. It's uh, <laughs> two stars for me. Two stars, really? Two. 
Darn is a three. I'm I'm actually Dose? I'm actually with Roger. Too also, but solely. Did you see this art? I know. <laughs> Did you see this, dude? It's the the two stars isn't reflective of Sammy's art. If I could just give it five based on no, the art, it is. You're saying I it would. Is. That's harsh because you love Mark. Wade I'd too. love Mark Wade. Mark Wade's written two or three of my favorite graphic novels of yeah. all time. This was not up to that standard. I want to guess them. Tower am, of Babel? Nope. Kingdom Come. Yep, one. I am curious. Justice? Whether, nope. Uh, no, that was Alex Ross. Some that was of just this stuff Alex comes Ross. back later. Like like you Birth guys right. suggest it might. I think it will because oh. it did in Daredevil. I'm curious. I think it was worth it. But I don't. <laughs> the whole Rampart thing, the whole domestic terrorism thing, does nothing for me. Yep. Yeah. So, alrighty, what are we doing next? What do we normally do? Oh, what would you guys rather have reviewed this week? Yes, uh, I'm actually prepared. Um, wow. For uh, the indie uh, Archie comics, oh. and for the uh, DC, um, I would have reviewed. Uh, what? Oh, Batman White Knight. Mm. But since we did that already, it'd probably be I would Batman, have but. rather reviewed Detective Comics from last week. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when, um, what's his face? Uh, Don't spoil it. Back. You have young Tim Drake and future Tim Drake. Oh, both boys. So That's not a spoiler. You want me to spoil it? Listen, hey, when, when young Tim shows up in the Batcave with... Oh, you're not even. <laughs> you should, <laughs> you I would like probably would have liked to have read Spectacular Spider-Man in place um, of Cap. So wait, I thought um, oh, Paper Girls came out. Was was yeah. Superboy? I thought Superboy was in the new Fifty Two. Right? Different nope. Superboy. Oh really? So it wasn't that was Connor Connell Connor Kent? Was it Connor Kent? In Detective, he, they, he mentions Connor again, and right. that's just really got me excited, dude. I'm just and didn't that like, book is so well written. Um, it, it took me until today to to get around to. I have the it. trades. That's like DC's dark horse. He really is. I <laughs> he is uh, dude. He's the so publisher? good. And he's got he's no, got such a complex question. web of story going on there yeah. with all the, the characters. He is that, the nicest guy. Uh, me and Blaine both talked to him at Comic Con, and he's just like. He's like, yeah, what'd you guys think of this? Like, when we were asking him stuff, and he's like, oh, pretty really? cool, huh? Like, <laughs> he's just like, he wrote, he's one of those dudes that's like having a blast doing it. He that's wrote the awesome. most demented indie comic I've read in a while. I think it was called Mimetic. It was like issue one, two, and three. Huh. It was like uh, people got uh, hypnotized by this sloth uh, gif or mem- meme or whatever. Yeah. Uh, gif. GIF. And, uh, <laughs> Hard G all day, And guys. like, they started dying out and just... It was messed up. I remember that book. I never read Nemetic, it. Nemetic, I think it was Nemetic. I think it was. Yeah, M-N-E-M-E-T-S-E. But yeah, so Tynan, Tynan, well, he was also, crazy enough, he was a student of Snyder's. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, but like, he's so underrated at DC, like no one talks about him. So yeah, he's great. Yeah, He really is. right now, aside from metal, uh, Detective Comics is my favorite book right now. Wow. The last three issues. Um, so strong. So strong. Nice. Yeah, it's we should, good. Have we reviewed Detective? Not yet. Yeah, we have. It's, we have. No, but not it's, from it's, the Rebirth, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have. Yeah, we're yeah. pretty sure we have. Well, I have. Re- very early on. Yeah. So, I mean, it's about, I, I think maybe the next, back. I know, because we've been spending a lot of time on metal. I definitely would like to, to review one of these coming up. Because every issue is kind of impactful. Mm-hmm. Cool, 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 cool. Just as good as like action, right? They're both like setting the bar for the universe. Yep. 
the two the two longest running books at DC are the two top level books at DC. Yeah. Which is you don't think Superman's be. better than action? Uh, at points, mm, okay. when 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 that's tough for me because they're they're kind of equal most of the time. But there's a lot of filler arcs in Superman, and I'm not complaining because most of them are good. I haven't had any issues with with the filler arcs. They've all been fun, and they've retained kind of the same tone. Mm-hmm. But man, I love it every time Gleason and Tomasi. Um, are working their magic on it. I'm just like, yes, give me more of this. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, Jurgens has been like the the tortoise, like with his run, he's been like consistent, but it's just not as like bam, like the way a lot of the Superman stuff is, mm-hmm. like with Tomasi and Gleason. So, what's up next? Uh, trivia time. Yeah, trivia. Yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, let me get last week's out of the way first. Um, Larry, your question was brutal. Yep. What did Larry we had. I wasn't here. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't, I can't even rephrase the Summarize. question. It Come was, on. it was, it, what, who was? Some, wait a minute. No, I can't even rephrase <laughs> it. It was one German dude, talk, you know, who inspired another German dude or something like that in was, comics. Like, was it- Father of comics or something like that. Uh, maybe. So only Larry knew the answer, though. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, he even he gave that the episode that the answer was <laughs> oh, did, on. Did yeah. he really give the episode? I think. Number? Yeah. It was episode three, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. But we only of had our show. No, 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 no. no. Oh. Of, of uh, his show. Oh. Or his segment. Oh, right, his segment. But we don't know when episode three was. You'd have to go back and find it. It's very hard to find because you don't know what episode that he's on right now. We should probably start putting what multiversity university. Or or we should start saying the episode number. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And we could do that anyway. But uh, (laughs) um, yeah, my German is horrible too. So anyway, the answer, the answer to Larry's question was uh, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Sounds about right. Or or in in southern parlance, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. (laughs) So, oh jeez, that was great. I know. So anyway, so we had uh, three correct responses: Nathan Armitrout, Bryce Smith, and Heather Horner. The trade paperback goes to Heather, and the comics go to Nathan. Nice. Congratulations. I also want. I want to take just a second because uh, I had a couple of uh, requests from Bryce, well, the answer from Bryce, and they had also sent in a request for some graphic novels. Um, I haven't responded to your email yet, Bryce, but I'm going to send you out an invoice tomorrow through PayPal. Um, three nice choices. Uh, Sweet. He but did I will, make some good choices. Um, I will get that invoice to you out, and then uh, we'll get those books to you ASAP. Um, okay, trivia for this week. I'm prepared. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Bring it on. It's Captain America trivia. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I like Cap, but I don't know if I know it's, trivia. It's right. mostly. Let's go. It's mostly. Hey, man, stop Who is it, Ed Brubaker? Who is the Winter Soldier? Right. Um, <laughs> who is Ed Brubaker? <laughs> Jeopardy. Some guy I don't like. Uh, Captain America's shield's made out of Ed Brubaker? <laughs> exactly. It is. Vibranium. Vibranium. You are incorrect. Uh, no. Vibranium alloy? Be more specific. Animanium? No. It's vibranium alloy? Yeah. Well, oh. that's what I said. You stole it from There's me. There are three components, vibranium, 
steel and an unknown element. Okay. That's oh. what makes it come back every time, the unknown okay. part. <laughs> uh, anybody know Steve Rogers' birthday? July 4th. <laughs> you are correct. What? <laughs> He's Captain America. Oh. Yeah. The birth of a nation. Yeah, the 19, date that he uh, was born? Or the, the year? Not the date, but the year. 32? No, 1920. Oh. 1920. That was yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> Jeez, he was all um, during World War II. And this one I had to th- I had to throw out mostly for you, Jonathan, because I, I I got kind of a chuckle out of it. Um, what was the name of the super soldier experiment that Steve participated in? <laughs> the <What>? Superman <laughs> thing. Yeah, there's like a code name for it, you know, oh, for super, the super soldier Superman project. No, Superman something. No, but oh, the Man of Steel. No, I don't know. Is it no. Man of Steel? No. What no. is it? Super Soldier. Operation Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> rebirth. Rebirth. No, nice. Nice. really. Yeah, that's Operation nice. Rebirth. Jeez. Um, yeah, it was kind of funny because I, in in going through the Captain America trivia, there was, I, f- I felt like in in reading some of Cap's early history, I felt like there that Marvel was really trying to. Get some of the Superman uh, juju vibe going. Yeah. Well, that's what I feel so, like Captain America is. They're Superman without the powers. Of, of without the Marvel super universe. Human yeah. powers. Super. He's just a super soldier. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this week's listener question. Um, Wait, do you guys know Steve's heritage? His heritage? Mm-hmm. Is right. he German? Is that nope. He's, uh, yep. Yeah, well. Austrian? Nope. Irish. Yep. Irish, yeah, because Irish, Irish immigrants. Catholic, yeah. Yep. Oh, right. Yeah. So what I win? <laughs> My undying love. Oh. I thought you already had that. Oof. He does. Oh. <laughs> okay. So um, pretend not to be jealous. I know he's 6'2", 220. Yep. Blonde hair, blue eyes. A real big boy. Um, <laughs> big beefy boy. <laughs> okay. So um, if if you want to win either the graphic novel. Uh, which, which we're about to review, or the three average comics <laughs> <laughs> from this week. Up for debate? Hey, Come on. Two separate. of them are really pretty. It, except for Robotech. Um, <laughs> One of then them is send, pretty. send your answer to the following question to All-Star, uh, no, contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. The question that I want to know the answer to is... Um, Captain America originally had a kite-shaped shield, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. uh, that was made out of steel that was, like, wrecked at some point. And after that, they made the vibranium alloy shield that they presented to him. Who presented Captain America so Tommy the, Lee new, Jones. <laughs> the, the new shield? Okay. Robert Downey Jr. Um, if you know the answer to this question, uh, send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com, um, and you can win some books. All right. Cool. All right. Real quick, though, we need to thank all the listeners Oh yeah! Did right. We hit ten thousand. We are last week. You guys had over ten thousand downloads. Nice. Holy yeah! Smoke. I think Thank last Wednesday we were at ten thousand uh, fifty or something. It was but right. Yeah. As the episode posted, it broke. Yeah. Wow. That's, That's so cool, dude. Se- so like, seventy-two episodes with ten thousand downloads. So, so you thank are, you, everyone. You guys are big time now, man. Yep. That's, I'm gonna put on my uh, Twitter bio, professional comic boy. Oh wow. <laughs> 
I, I'm spilled not gonna lie. lie. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you God, already know. All the things know. that make me cringe when I read. You already profile. know it's boi. Boy, boy. So when are you going on your world tour then? <laughs> Home. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. That's a big achievement though. Like so. Shout that's out to really everyone. yeah. That's really cool. So I appreciate you guys. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I had um, a, another um, message from Clay Privet. He's actually a friend of Bryce's. And they have, you know, this comic group back in North Carolina and, you know, Bryce turned them onto our show. And That's it's, awesome. It's you guys, you know, sharing our little bit of craziness with, with your friends and, and stuff that, that is really cool. Um, I, I can't thank you Word guys of mouth enough. still goes a yeah. long way. It yeah. does. It we does. don't really even promote this show too much and it's all I, word of mouth. I try to when I remember. <laughs> but I mean occasionally yeah. we do, but like by the way not every week. <laughs> by the way, I host a podcast. You should listen. So that it's really cool. Help. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Um we have fun doing it and I'm and I'm glad to to hear that you guys have fun with us. Yeah. <sighs> Ten thousand. Now what's the next milestone? Twenty five? Probably. <laughs> sure. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Recommend all right, us, please. You have to pitch. Oh, okay. Uh, Superman's Secret Identity. First, uh, Carlos, why'd you recommend this book? To me, um, it's one of my favorite Superman books. Two stars. What are we doing next? Oh, <laughs> no, sorry. Ow! That was for you. I'm that was cry for you, now. Carlos. No. Why'd you recommend it? That was worse pitching than the Dodgers tonight. Buzzing. Oh, oh, too soon, man. Oh, too, too soon. soon. Way too soon. I'm going to get death threats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, to me, this is one of my favorite Superman stories, Secret Identity. Uh, it's it's a story. Um, well, did you want to pitch it first? No, don't no. I'm gonna pitch it, but why'd you pick it? It's I one of my said, favorite. It's one of your favorite. It's stories. one of my favorite cool. Superman stories. It's a different take on Superman. Um, to me, it's basically, you know, as a kid, you always. At least it, my one one of my fantasies was waking up one day and start flying and have superpowers and all that, and this just hit that hit that nerve. Right. So it okay. did just hit that. Go. I yeah. Because I'm okay. gonna start reviewing. So it. <laughs> um, yeah. This this book was uh, it was originally done in two 100 page specials. Uh, it's written by Kurt Busiek and art by Stuart Amonin. Um, it's it's a first person. Uh, story of a kid named Clark Kent in in the real world, like our world, real world. In our world, they're real aware world. of comics. You have comics and you have Superman comics and Batman comics and all this stuff. His parents thought it would be really funny. His lad, their last name was Kent. Mm -hmm. They're from like Pick, Pickett something, Pickettsville, Pickettsville, Kansas. Kansas. Okay, um, and their parents thought you know they. They got a, a chuckle out of naming their son Clark. Clark yep. um, they thought they were real chucks. So he he's growing up Clark Kent. He's getting razzed daily and by, by guys at school and stuff. He gets all these Superman gifts for Christmas. But he hates yeah, <laughs> that. He just get chucked into the closet. And one day, he, he he gets these powers. These these you know all of Superman's powers, and it's flight. You know, invulnerability, super strength, super strength, heat vision, all this stuff, and and this is a story that follows him through his entire life, dealing with this and what it means to be a hero, the consequences, the you know, because you don't have super villains in here really. You no, know? you don't. You don't ever really have that come around, 
but it's just it's it's the personal toll of of being a superman and i i thought it was a beautiful book and it is one of my favorite and i don't superman know if you guys stories. caught this i kind of felt like because it's divided into four parts mm-hmm. i kind of felt like the parts also mirrored the season so you had the yep. spring yes you had i thought the same thing summer you had fall and then you had and winter, winter at the yeah. end yeah i thought that was because they didn't they weren't overt and beat you over the head with it it was no, really it was subtly subtle, done yeah yep. um and i thought that was one of the more beautiful things too mirroring his life throughout everything so yeah i also like i really enjoyed because it, it the guy is kind of relatable because all throughout the book, he just wants to protect his family, you know, uh, make sure that everything's okay. And that uh, anybody can relate to because um, he's just a regular guy, but that has powers and decides uh, to do something with it. Um, it's it's beautifully written, uh, even more beautifully illustrated by uh, Stuart Eminem. Now, if I if it didn't say Eminem on the cover, right. I would not have known that this was Stuart Eminem. Totally different style. Totally. The colors are different. I'm, but even stylistically, right? Yeah, this is totally different. I mean, he, he's similar. he's going like for a much more realistic look than, oh, yeah, yeah. than things he's done lately. I yeah. think what also like, um, and I'm not complaining. Right. I'm just, I was just surprised. Me too. What, what makes it different is the kind of painted coloring uh, instead of you know the the shading that you would uh, get with Eminem's uh, books now. Um, but th- this book is is just beautiful throughout because it shows the struggles of this kid who doesn't want to be really um, n- noticed, you know, as Clark Kent, and he uh, develops these powers, and now everybody's noticing because you know you can't really notice because he want uh, you can't not notice. He wants to uh, help the world and and save it, and there's some people out there that kind of want to you know use him, use him for bad stuff. Um, and he comes to the logical decision that he can't really uh, do the things that he wants to do and not be uh, and be hidden at the same time. So he compromises, and that compromise uh, leads to a happy and peaceful life, um, where uh, later on in in the world, uh, you know, more um, people can strike these types of uh, compromises. It's not really they attack and shoot first like they did with him. Yeah, it's just it, it shows. This character is so rich and so. Um, uh, what, what was I uh, thinking? Um, just filled with. It, it's a fully developed character, and it, it just shows. Uh, all of the characters in this book are fully developed. Even the um, the agent, the uh, government agent Malloy. Malloy yes, yeah. at the end, you know, he it, what happened? Like what he what he told? Like oh. Uh, what he told him, and he's like, "Well, maybe I will get him a scotch because he really is a person as well." Malloy even is. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, yeah, because in in each one hundred page special, it was it was <laughs> divided up into basically two components. Yeah. And when I had when I was twenty five percent of the way through, when I had it, when I'd finished the the spring section, if you will, um, I did not know where the story was going to go. Right. I did not know how it was going to end. I was, I was somewhat apprehensive, because I was like, "This is, I mean, this is set in the real world. How are you going to explain this? How, I mean, you know." And it's to, a lot of reading to be named, <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's a long read. Um, to be named Clark Kent and get all the powers of Superman, I'm, you know, I'm like, you know, okay, comics, but you yeah. know, it's still, but I, you know, they never really give, they never really give a complete explanation. 
mm-hmm. but they do offer because there there are points where Clark is kind of investigating, you know, trying to investigate what happened to him um, to get some explanation. And and I think they, I mean, they did a sufficient job for me because they, there's this talk about these meteors, yeah, that that had had, had hit Earth at, at you know when he was when he was a young boy, right in 1988, um, I think. And then you have you know there's this suggestion. Um, that he actually created his own power Manifest, set, yeah, which you know because his of his subconscious, his subconscious or, desires yeah. and stuff. So it kind of takes a you know um, almost a page from like quantum mechanics that you know the observer causes the phenomena. Yeah. Okay. And I thought I was like, you know what? That's really cool. I like that, and you don't have to get too in depth, but. For me, that was that was a sufficient, uh, you know, explanation. Um, I was completely happy with it, and I was I was really a hundred percent in yeah. from from the rest of there. And I, I love, um, you know, by the time I got about three fourths of the way through, I was like, oh wow, we're we're seeing this guy. Age. We're gonna go, yeah. and and, and that, that's a, at the point where I knew that at the end. Um, you know, the, the one question for me is, is he going to die or not? Are yeah. we going to, are you going to take it all the way? Right. Um, I'll let you guys read it and find out. Right. But I was at, you know, when I, when I got to the end, when it ended, I was just like, you know, that's so solid. Yeah. It's so, I mean, it really is the, you know, it's almost an existential read, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, Without so much deep thought, I mean, it's superficially existential, if that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta say, um, with uh, this book was filled with like a lot of joy and and hope um, in in being, you know, Clark Kent, super, the Superman. Uh, there were some moments where, yeah, you know, Mark Wade should read that. <laughs> um, I, I just, yeah. Um, there were some moments where it got kind of bad for him, like when uh, the government uh, sees them mm. for the first time. Yeah, and all through all throughout this book, I I had uh, I was enjoying it a lot, and um, it, it felt really happy and hopeful. And all throughout it, I was waiting for the moment where, like, oh, something bad's gonna happen because that's how I, that's what I expect from books like that. Like something bad's going to happen, and the thing is, it's just a great good feeling story throughout you it, it um it kind of messed with my expectations i didn't expect it to go like that it was it was something it was refreshing it was something that i uh didn't know that i was going to get and, and i got it and i loved it yeah yeah like roger said because it's based on it's kind of based on like a reality type scenario so you're expecting that bad to happen right. especially when the government's trying to capture him trying to track him see where he's coming from so you're kind of and, and that was what was intriguing when i first read this was there wasn't really any real bad guys but you know you do have a government after him trying to test him trying to see where he came from and him trying to hide his family trying to make a deal with them so that was all intriguing to me mm. the fact that he's getting older he's losing a step he's losing his powers stuff like that that was all it was all intriguing to me too. Yeah, it's it's a really great story. It's probably uh, up there with some of my favorite uh, Superman stories. You know, up there with um, All Star Superman and things like that. Um, 
it's just it's a refreshing tale. I didn't I didn't know what I was uh, reading. Uh, like the first few pages, I was confused. I was like, wait, Clark Kent, he doesn't have, you know, because I didn't know that this was taking place in the real world mm-hmm. uh, until I found out. I'm like, oh, oh, this is different. This is really, really different. I wonder, you know, how it's going to go. And it just went beautifully because it, it shows the, the struggle of uh, having a, a secret identity, um, you know, in the most obvious place, uh, you know, him being uh, Clark Kent and all. And, and just having the struggle of like, oh, should I t- uh, reveal my secret identity to this girl that I really like? And, you know, he eventually does. And they have a mm-hmm. beautiful life together. But he's o- always in his mind. He's always worried. And he's always extra careful, but it pays off in the end because you know it's it finishes. It it's a finite story. Well, this thing could go on forever and ever. Be, but I think it's just perfect the way it is. Hmm. John, I I dig it. Like it. It's. <laughs> I mean, like I told you, I bought it like right off the bat. I was <laughs> right because I had read a little bit of the ones that Carlos had lent me a while ago. And I kind of knew what I was getting into from that, but I had I felt bad, so I didn't finish them because I had had them forever. Because Carlos <laughs> loaned them to me, and I was like, I need to give these back, but That's I don't know right. what I'm gonna like. He gets to, to take these. them back tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I bought it, knowing kind of like what I was already getting into, but getting to the end, it was just one of those like, yeah, moments, you know, like that's that's awesome. Um, and I think what makes him so relatable is I think Kurt Busiek captured like the, at least for me the internal monologues that I have about everyday life and struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what made it so good is he, he was able to take that just, you know, Clark overthinking some things, mm-hmm. the panic that he has when he like, uh, you know, I don't want the government to like mess right. with my family, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like he, he, he did very well. Right. You know, throughout like, this whole thing. So, um, I mean, kudos to him for, for being able to yeah. to do that, especially with, you know how long this book was. Yeah. Uh, like when you think of Superman, you kind of think of like the perfect being. You know, kind of uh, this uh, can't do really much wrong. Um, uh, you know, he uh, the Boy Scout always uh, good and always thinking of the right thing. Um, you know, this guy, this Clark Kent, he has doubts. He has. Uh, you have some emotional vulnerabilities right. that you don't usually see in Superman storytelling. Mm-hmm. That I think, but. Ultimately, in the end, he he pretty much settles on what's the right thing to do, right? Um, given the circumstances, and I, man, I I dug it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like if you're, you know, if, if you're a fan of Superman, or if if you're not, if you want to read something good, uh, uh, and hopeful, it, this is like, um, I enjoyed Captain America, and like it filled me with hope and excitement. It. It doesn't, you know, compare to uh, what I felt reading this book. Um, I, I finished it tonight and I was like, this is just perfect. This is the perfect Superman book. And it doesn't even have the real Clark Kent in it, which is crazy. Anything more? What did you guys think? Or uh, what are you guys going to rate it? Five come stars on, for yeah, me. Come on, dude. <laughs> Five stars. Five. Five stars. It's solid. All the way through. Yes, yeah, please. It's please a great pick story. It yeah, it's it's two issues, uh, both hundred pages, so it's a it's a nice uh, hefty tr- uh, hardcover. Well, n- normally you know because it's it would be like what an eight page graphic novel in reality. 
excuse me, eight issue. <laughs> I was like, novel. wait, what? <laughs> it's late. Uh, yeah, about that. Now, I think when this first Maybe came out, I remember <clears throat> when I originally purchased it, it was in, broken up into four mini. Uh, I don't want to say graphic novels, but they were they Section were like that glossy. Would be like a giant size comic. They were like glossy cover. So did they? Oh, and yeah. then they repackaged it as two hundred page specials. Yeah, and then they repackaged it as this. Okay. Yes, yeah, because um, so I believe double issues. Right. Basically, yeah, they broke yeah. it up into each. Like the first one was a Superboy story. Then well, you're the already touching it, Johnny. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Can I see this as I'm pawing all over it? <laughs> one of those kids Jeez. when you were growing up. Yes. Huh? <laughs> um. <laughs> God. Sorry, it was one of those things I was raised not to do that. I feel like I was scolded by a teacher. My God. <laughs> Technically, you were. Yeah. I am a teacher, yeah, and yeah. you just got scolded. Yeah. Twice um, my age, too. <laughs> uh, not twice. Kind of. Um, previews. Let's go to previews. Previews. All right. So, for Marvel Comics, next week, we have Daredevil 595, Out of Nowhere. <laughs> um, Despicable Deadpool, number... <laughs> Despicable Deadpool, 289. That doesn't make sense. That's stupid. Yeah, well, we did 288. I mean, that's uh, where I'm starting at. 287. Generation X, number eight. Jessica Jones, number 14. Mm-hmm. Moon Knight, number 188. Miss Marvel, 24. She-Hulk, number 159. Spider-Man, Deadpool, number 23. Spirits of Vengeance, two of five. Uh, Star Wars, 38. And I believe that's what we're reviewing next week. Karen Gillan, start on yeah. his Star Wars run. Sweet. So... Oh, basically the Darth Vader team, team. which means it'll be good. Oh, nice. Um, Uncanny Avengers, number 29, Venom, 157, X-Men Gold, number 15, and that's it for Marvel from DC. We have Action Comics, 991, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 16, Batman Lost, number one, which is metal, and that's what we're reviewing, right? Yeah. Excuse me. Awesome. Uh, Then Detective Comics, number 968. Flash number oh, 34. Really? Did you want to review that instead? We'll see. I'll read it. I'll probably talk about it. <laughs> I've been taking that book, so... Uh. Uh, Flash 34, Gotham City Garage number 3. How Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 32. That is part 3 of Bats Out of Hell. Yep. Uh, which oh, I'm looking forward to after reading part 2. Um... Harley Quinn, number 31. Justice League of America, number 18. Mr. Miracle, number 4. Yes. New Superman, number 17. Ragman, number 2 of 6. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 16. Scooby Apocalypse, number 19. Suicide Squad, number 29. Supergirl, number 15. Superwoman, number 16. Titans, number 17. Wildstorm, Michael Cray, number 2. And Wonder Woman, 34. That's it for all of our DC Comics from Indie Comics, the most massive amount of Indie Comics <laughs> that I've ever seen. A whopping four titles next week. Uh, Birthright, number 28. My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, number 60. Royal City, number 7. And SpongeBob Comics, number 74. Woo! That's the only one we haven't done. And that's the one we're reviewing. <laughs> yeah, we haven't done that at all. So we'll, I hate we'll SpongeBob. Make that happen. What? Really? I do. Hey, SpongeBob came people. out at a time when hey, I was... Oh God. Hey, all you people! It was one of the things I saw, me. like as an older kid. Like I was probably a teenager like, already. Yeah. How can anybody like this? And I was yeah. like, "This is this the character's b- on crack." <laughs> like I just, <laughs> I just didn't get the well, appeal. Well, to me, it was like Ren and Stimpy. You remember Ren and Stimpy? Well, yeah, not but, as adult. Not as that was. Adult. But awful. see, with Ren and Stimpy, <laughs> they went, they went hard hilarious. that direction. Yeah. SpongeBob, it was like. 
Are we a kid show? <laughs> Are we not a kid show? Yeah, They're selling chocolates. Maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm not down with this. <laughs> like I just, Dude, I don't I, know, something about it. Like I would never let my kid, like if I was a parent, watch SpongeBob. Oh no, SpongeBob. we don't. Like play. not on as a young kid. Watch SpongeBob at all. And how old is he? He's six. Yeah, see, there are a lot of six-year-olds watching SpongeBob. Yeah, growing up, I was probably one of them. God dang it, Johnny. Anyway, <laughs> all right, uh, for graphic novels. We have Art of Harley Quinn hardcover. Uh, we have Avatar: The Last Airbender North and South Library Edition. Is yep. that just something just super, nice? Collect- super nice? Super yeah. nice. Uh, yeah, collecting like the three little trades. Okay, Batgirl trade paperback volume two, Son of Penguin Rebirth. Batman and Robin by Tomasi and oh, the omnibus of the Batman and Robin run that Tomasi and Gleason. Are you gonna had. get that? I might. Mm, of course. Because that team, that team is magic. Yeah. So Batman and I, Robin run was good, and I heard nothing but good things about the Batman and Robin run. It was good. Yeah. Um, that's a new Fifty Two stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That issue eighteen, Requiem, the silent one. Perfect issue. I yeah. might have read that one when that came yeah. out. Like, right, like after Damien's uh, yeah. death. Yeah. Why do you um, have to come back? <laughs> for Super Sons, dude. Yeah, dude. Well, okay. Him, uh, no then we have sense. Batman Hush, fifteenth anniversary deluxe edition hardcover. If I didn't yep. own that in absolute, I might be buying. That. I might be buying. Time. I might be buying that already. Anyway, <laughs> just because I have a problem. Yep. Uh, Betty and Veronica by Adam Hughes, trade paperback, volume one. Black Panther trade paperback, uh, book four, Avengers of New World. Uh, Northlanders trade paperback, uh, volume three, The European Saga. Paper Girls deluxe edition hardcover, volume Ooh. one, finally coming out. It's probably what collecting the first three trades. Yeah. Sweet. Probably get that. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, Star Wars: Darth Maul, Son of Dathomir, trade paperback, uh, new printing. Is that the Dark Horse run? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was like, That's not Marvel. No, it is. Uh, Star Wars: Force Awakens adaptation, trade paperback. Titans: The Lazarus Contract hardcover. Trillium: The Deluxe Edition hardcover. Why is the Deluxe Edition of Trillium coming out so many years later? It's not a new release. It's oh, just a restock. restock. Oh, okay. Cool. I was talking with Nathan, and I was like, oh, my God, I haven't had that stock in stock in forever. It's good. And so, Trillium is good. Now, Jonathan. Yeah. You only have three weeks till your head's about to explode every month for a year. I know. <laughs> How <laughs> excited are you for Doomsday Clock? <laughs> if I wasn't so exhausted, I'd probably be probably be beside myself, like literally. It's about to start every month Wait. for a year. Oh wow, that's a long time. Doing the midnight thing for this? Uh, no, no. Eleven fifty-seven p.m. Oh, all right. <laughs> Because we're that much cooler. Nice. So dumb. Wait, um, now, for this, are you going to have wait, like... Wait, wait, I have to do my spiel. This is not the complete list. Uh, if you want, go to horizoncomics.com, click on the new <laughs> releases button. It's updated every Monday. What are we reviewing next week, graphic novel-wise? Uh, Gates of Gotham. Gates of Gotham. Gates of Gotham. Gotham. Can't speak. I've had a straight... Gotham. Gates of Gotham. All right. Continue your thought. No, Roger. So hey. you had a metal band play for Batman Metal. Yes. So you're going to have like some type of smooth jazz for Midnight Club? Doomsday clock? I don't like, know. I, because I, I don't know what you do at the end of the world. Um, Violins? What? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'll probably, well, we're doing, we're, we plan on, because that's Thanksgiving week. So oh, we're planning is. on doing. Tuesday, right? Um, uh, a, cro- a crossover podcast with um, opinioneering for the review of Doomsday Clock in particular. 
And then I think then we're going to do our podcast Tuesday night with the graphic novel and the other two comics. No bands, no music. I don't think, well, what I'll probably do after we finish up the show is um, I'll probably screen Watchmen in the show. (laughs) I just bought that, by the way. Did you say screen? Screen. Oh, okay. It's going to do a show and put it up on the TV. Cool. Three hours. Want to stay around for three hours. I know. Well, I may just have it running. The director's in the cut or the regular version? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's three hours or three plus hours. Three and a half or three forty-five. I mean, do we really have to watch that movie? I mean, they're doing the HBO show. That might be better. Yeah, yeah. we have to watch the movie. The HBO show's not around yet, Johnny. Well, they did doing the HBO show. Yeah, Damon Lindelof, man. What? The dude from Lost. Yeah, the dude made yeah, Lost. If anybody, Hopefully yeah, he doesn't if mess this one up. Has, uh, Lost is my favorite show ever. Don't talk trash on it. I'll talk trash all I want, Matt. Did you like the ending of Lost? (laughs) Yeah. You did. You're the only one. Because it makes perfect sense. No, it does not. I don't think so. When I explain it to you, it makes sense. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot convince Matt otherwise. Um, Anyway, I never, I never got into Lost. I tried, I tried hard, and it just got into it. It was good. I was just lost. Anyway, um. News. We don't have any. Sorry. Okay. Questions. Besides Lucasfilm taking all your money. That's right. Is, how's Lucasfilm taking our money? Well, Disney is. 65% of your ticket prices go to them. Really? 70 if you don't follow the then rules. They better build me a freaking awesome Star Wars park. Oh, yeah. It's going to be nice I for mean, the right that, price. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those Disneyland admission tickets are going to go up like 30 bucks. Once Stop it. Is. Stop <laughs> it. Forget 100 It'll be $200 <laughs> to get in one park. For a day. <laughs> for a day. Yeah. <laughs> and so. good luck getting on a ride. Yeah. <laughs> for the first two years. Yeah, it right? It just hurts. Yeah. It hurts me so bad. I wonder how – does anyone know if the lines at the Guardians ride are bad? Is that because it's in California? Uh, it's not that bad, actually. Because it's in the other park. Like 120, podcast 120 content. minutes maybe. We're waiting for the questions. Oh, okay. Because I've got some from Blake if you want me to shoot those out first. Yeah, are, are we, Carlos is here. He, hey, he probably has questions. Real quick, though, is, is are we going to talk about Thor Ragnarok next week or – Why? Uh, maybe. Oh, yeah. I mean, probably. Yeah. I mean, we'll – Okay. Yeah, we'll probably – I haven't even gotten tickets for that yet. I'm going to go see it on Friday morning. I'm going to try to see it yeah. Sunday. I'll see it Thursday, so... I have to go see Justice League for my birthday. I already about bought Thor. my tickets for Justice League. <laughs> of course you did. Did you really? I did. I bought my Star Wars tickets already. Me too. I'll probably see I did get my Star Wars tickets already also. Were you guys I, going to Cinemark? Yeah. Okay. IMAX. Oh. 915 show. So yep. interesting. Is it 3D? No. Yeah, it is. What is? The 915? They're not showing Star Wars and not Oh, my 3D. God. I thought they said it was... No, because I... Oh, wait, I have the 6 o'clock. Excuse me. Yeah. That one's not yeah. 3D. <laughs> And it's IMAX? <laughs> yep. Oh, wow. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> huh. Okay. All right. Two for questions, uh, I've got a couple from Dave's, Dave Ramirez. Uh, he wants to uh, go back to metal. After reading the Knights, um, Dark Knights tie-ins, uh, he wants to know if they make you feel for the villains and, and root for them. Not at all. Um. De- well, Dawnbreaker kind of. Until it, until it gets near the end, and you realize how demented he gets with that ring. Um, He's not sympathetic at all. Man, uh, it's tough to be sympathetic once, because at one point you kind of are, you kind of understand, but then it gets to a point where it's like Bruce it could have made a better decision. Yeah, and he didn't. He chose to go down the wrong path. Yeah, I'm not. Hard. I'm it, not sympathetic for any of these. Yeah, guys. it's it, you can't really be sympathetic for somebody that's like willingly 
doing what they're doing. Even like Murder Machine, like he he's taking over the world with a virus. His like his name is on. Murder Machine. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no oh, sympathies for so me. No. Yeah, because uh, Dave goes on to say that a uh, pet peeve of his lately in comics is um, that. Yeah, there's a lot of stories where you have sympathetic villains where they almost have you rooting for villains in some way. Mm. And he wants it to be more simplistic and just have bad guys being bad guys. And I I, I agree agree with that. I think I I see him as bad guys. I want... I, I, I want all the Bruces to get their butts. Warped. Oh, I can't wait. You know, if it's not, if it's if it's it better some be limp wristed, yeah, I want that. If yep. it's some limp wristed, freaking like, oh, we're just gonna magic away everything. No, I'm, I'm it needs to be an authoritative beatdown. Totally yeah. so at least Devastator and Superman need to go at it. Man. Oh, I want I, I want some just yeah. just earth shattering, like fight yeah. scene. Yeah, look, I get it. Not everybody at once like superheroes punching all the time. But now, for the finale of this, if it all their counterparts <laughs> just going yeah. at it, and they're all just, oh, that'd be so cool. So, anyway. Um, I think we got a hint of where that's going in Devastator. I can't wait. Like, wait. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, not Devastator. Sorry, not Devastator. In uh, Justice League. League. Yeah. The cyborg talking about how he, the team yeah. aspect. It's going to be, it has to be. It can't be – here's what I don't want to have happen, and I know there's going to be some people that are, like, going to thoroughly disagree with me. It can't be Batman coming back from the dark universe or the dark multiverse being like, fix all because I'm Bruce. <laughs> like, yeah. I planned for it somehow. Bat God. Like, but no. It needs to be – it needs to be the team. It, and Snyder has stressed this, that it's largely a Justice League story with Bruce at the center. And that's fine. As long as you focus on the team bringing yeah. everything down. Bruce can be, like, part of the linchpin that kind of, like, rallies stuff, whatever. But he, this cannot be one of those instances where he... Well, just, I, can, I can guarantee you, these five Bruces ain't going to be able to work together as a team. Not for long, no. I no. Think, they're going to end up with their own throwdown amongst each other. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think that that's maybe true. that's... That'll be... You the, know, and if that's what's at the heart of Snyder's story and his ending is... The teamwork of the Justice League, all of them being able to come down to take down a threat. Look, these guys are all off the charts. Yeah, five of them off the charts. There's, there should be seven. Yeah, no way that the Justice League can beat these guys except as a team. Mm -hmm. If these guys can't work together, so that brings me to my. I hope that's. I hope that's where it goes. A quick question. Since. We're gonna. It's a Justice League story. What are the odds of Scott Schneider bringing back Justice League Megazord from issue one? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would laugh, but I'd kind of roll my eyes a little bit too. Or maybe with with our powers combined, (laughs) (laughs) we are the Justice League. Come on, that was pretty cool. Justice League. Oh no, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. That just set the tone right off the bat. Like we're getting for a bonkers story. Yeah, that's cool. Anyway, go ahead. All right, second question from uh, Dave. And Dave, I think we're going to just kind of gloss over this one. This is a deep, you know, like multi-episode oh, we question. We can't gloss over this. Let's see. It's yeah. already 10, 15, guys. Okay. Right. So um, <laughs> the Justice League is mostly male white heroes. Uh, do you feel that there is or isn't enough diversity in comics? And do you think the industry needs or to or should do a better job of bringing out more minority heroes? They are... Kind of. They're try- they're trying. I think you know. Um, 
It, it, it's hard okay. because, you know, like the the original Justice League was made what like uh, many, many years ago when white uh, heroes kind of just existed. And that's the only thing that uh, happened. It wasn't until like maybe like 70s when Jack Kirby was trying to introduce more uh, African-American heroes. Uh, well, not really African-American uh, black heroes like the black. Pan- he wasn't doing it all the way correct by naming them like Black Panther and and um, some other characters that he uh, introduced. Um, but yeah, I think like comics could use a lot of more diversity right now and they're getting there, uh, especially with like their writers and, and artists. They're, they're hiring more and more uh, persons of color and uh, more of uh, female writers and artists as well. And that's yeah. a good thing, yeah. but it's very, very slow. Yeah. Because people don't like change. So it's like hard. Like You can't change the Justice League because it's not the Justice League. It is what it is. Well, so, my yeah. issue is is stop taking everything that we know and love and yeah. flipping it just for the sake of saying, here it is. For diversity. Create, create yeah. new characters and make me care about them. Like well, and then Khan, create Miles them and Morales. keep them. Like yeah. Kyle Reiner. Like, he, Kyle was, Reiner yeah. he was my Green Lantern. I didn't yeah. grow up with Hal Jordan. Mine is John. No, he's right. Mine's John Stewart. He's a second tier character, and he doesn't even have his own book. Like he did for a while. Right, like like for me, like my favorite Green Lantern is you know John Stewart, and my favorite uh, Miss Marvel is Kamala Khan. Uh, I don't think my favorite Spider-Man is Miles a Morales. A lot of people's right. kids growing up now, though, right? Like, they know Miles. They, they know Miles Morales, Kamala Khan, and this is good. And like even Riri Williams, who's yeah. not Iron Man, she's Iron, Iron Heart, Heart. Yeah. and you know like they're inheriting this. Um, this uh, mantle, but they're their own characters. They're as not well. the Avengers. They're right. not the Justice League. They're in. Uh, they're their own characters as well. I think I could tell better stories though, handing off the mantle or it being the the protege, the apprentice. They could tell better stories with those characters too, because I just there's some of them. Like I said, you got to make me care about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you just force it in and say this is the new status quo, mm-hmm. the first thing I'm going to do is yeah, be like, be no, right. yeah. I'm not giving you my hard-earned money. Yeah, yeah but I think like. There's some characters that have been forced down on us, like if you remember Alpha from Spider-Man, like they they tried to introduce this sidekick, like this Omega Alpha level threat, and he didn't stick. Who knows what happened to him? But I think like the Miss Marvel, the the Riri's, uh, the the Miles, they have they have stuck, and uh, you know especially the uh, Nadia Van Van Dyne or Nadia Pym, Nadia Pym, sorry, Uh, the Unstoppable Wasp. All these characters they have stuck. Maybe not uh, to like the general um, uh, demographic, like older uh, men, um, but to the younger readers, to the female readers. These are the books that they're reading. Well, even um, DC, you got Green Lanterns with Simon Baz, Jessica Mm -hmm. Cruz. Yeah, like that book's still going. Right, it's a great book. Like, there's your diversity. You know, you have your Green Lantern character, and it could be whoever you want it to be. I still want my Kyle (laughs) Rider. He's um, in Hal Jordan. He's one of the mains. Yeah. No, I want he, his own book. He's actually <laughs> in He's in charge of the corpse now. Uh, Kyle Rainer's in charge wait, of the corpse. No, what did you uh, call John that? Stewart. John Stewart is. Corpse. Is core. It's corpse. No. Core. Corpse. It is core. core. I, know no. I know it is. <laughs> I know. You're, you're doing one of those I refuse to like. Yeah. I know. But I grammar, man. Got to get grammar. Horrible. Tomato, tomato. As in a spray to core. <laughs> um, look, here's the, here's the thing about diversity in comics. Okay, I, I would I would I would encourage everybody just to be patient on that issue. These you know all of these most of these characters started off uh, seven eight decades ago. Mm-hmm. 
you know they were um and and you know this was it's it's all business i mean these are these are publishing companies trying to make money the guys writing the stories were you know largely you know middle-aged white men the guys reading the stories were mostly white people men women kids um, that was their audience. They were writing to their audience. You know, those were the people who had the disposable income to buy these books. Um, for decades, you know, the publishing companies um, developed and and uh, promoted, you know, these white characters because that's they were filling a need of the readership. Mm-hmm. Um, that began to change in the '60s. Uh, and the seventies and, and we're still, you know, we're still making headway there. There's a lot of, you know, especially in the independent books, there are a lot of, um, uh, there's a book for everybody in the independent books. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of great stuff being done there. And I think, and the big two, um, make headway too. They also make headlines by, you know, swapping up the characters and doing stuff and irritating, um, you know the the long-term fans Mm -hmm. but look this is just you know it i think it's a slower process you know i mean this um you know i we we have comics today um have a much more diverse audience Mm -hmm. than they ever have yeah um i think for the last decade they probably have um, in the 90s, you know, it was still predominantly white. Right. Um, today, I don't think that that's the case. Right. I mean, with, you know, um, and so in time, you know, I think that I think that it yeah. will change. And it needs but to. But you can't you can't, you know, look, you have you have all of these characters that have decades worth of followers and yeah. you can and that's where marvel's kind of misstepping is you know changing those long established characters for change's sake right you know trying to um trying to check off that multiracial box like um, oh diversity doesn't or the, sell or the lbgtq oh my box you know uh, because they want to they want a diverse lineup and right. so you know they lose some fans in in efforts to gain new fans, but yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think that um, they do need to create new characters and stick with it and understand that it's going to be a long term investment. Right. Exactly. The, the, the thing, like, yeah, you kind of need more diversity because after a while, the the industry won't grow because more and more people will want to read comics. You know, now that it's, uh, I guess you can say it's cool. It's always been cool. But it's more out in the public, like it's a oh, popular it, medium, right? Yeah. It's a popular medium now, and it's more not just nerd culture, it's pop culture, it, right? Mm-hmm. And you're getting more and more people uh, reading these books, and they want to be represented too. Uh, and if they see that nothing's changing, that it's all white characters, white uh, mostly male characters, they're like, "Well, I'm not, I'm not represented. I'm not here. Why? You know, I don't want to support this." Um, and and I think it's very important that. Sure, they they uh, should keep uh, some of the older audience because that is their baseline that they need to. Um, but they also need to branch out. They need to expand. Uh, they need to be doing what they're doing. Uh, at least what they're doing right now. You have um, uh, like the Justice League movie. You have a diverse cast. A cast. Uh, I think what what is it like? Th- three white people, maybe 
in that movie? Ben Affleck? Yeah. Uh, right? Affleck, right. Campbell. Campbell's British, yeah. Is he, is he yeah. in it? Yeah, right, and you have uh, Gal Gadot. <laughs> Don't you go there with High roll. High roll. <laughs> yeah, you have... guys. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's not in the commercials. Right. You have... <laughs> His logo's on the poster. <laughs> you, you have Gal Gadot, you have Jason Momoa, and you have... Um, Ezra Miller. Uh, Ezra Miller, and then um, what's the other guy? I'm sorry, I forgot. Uh, Cyborg. Sorry, I don't know Cyborg's actor. Uh, Ray right. Fisher. Right, Ray Fisher. And then you, you have, uh, yeah. on the Marvel side, you have uh, you know Black Panther, and you have all these these movies, and the, the kids these days, they feel represented. Like, oh, I can dress up like Black Panther because I look like him. And that's awesome because that's new readers. And like, um, you gave me some comics to hand out uh, uh, yesterday for Halloween. And most of the kids, like if not all of them, they were excited because, you know, comics are cool and they can read and they can get into this. Yeah. Except for the one little girl who won. Right, right. Where's yeah, my so, candy? <laughs> so, so, yeah, I was like, you, uh, you guys are getting... <laughs> uh, yeah, I said, you guys are getting comics. And then one kid's like, oh, yeah. And then one girl's like, oh, but I wanted candy. I'm like, well, okay. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned Black Panther, though. And I'm going to have to, you know, maybe this will this will be a sideways question to Larry. He can come in and school me this, this weekend. But I'm pretty sure when, when Black Panther was created by um, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby... They they didn't show him unmasked in hmm. the comic for several issues, yeah. and I'm pretty sure that when they unmasked him and you know revealed that he was African American, that they they lost a ton of sales on that book. Really? Probably this was back in the '60s, right? And there was yeah, look, I mean, there were a lot of racist people back then. <laughs> there still are, I think, less so than back then, but maybe. Um, but they did lose sales on that wow. book and that's more of a testament to you know the the times yeah. you know the racial tension yeah. uh in in the world back then right um but also you know kudos to marvel for yeah you know sticking introducing these characters and, right. and you know sticking with them i think because it's, it's been you know and now yeah. it, it hasn't been until the movies that you know black panther has you know when he was in civil war uh, you know, right. I, that did a lot for for his fan base, right? And the the new Black Panther trailer looks amazing. Oh, it's so dope. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. looks yeah. amazing. I mean, I think it's going to be one of the best Marvel movies yep. yet. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I think it's different now. Where if you see a different, like when I heard about Miles Morales, a uh, Latino uh, black uh, kid who's Spider Man, I was like, yes, that sounds amazing. That's yeah. just that sounds like someone that I can relate to. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I think Blake has questions. Yep. Now let's knock these out. Let's yep. go. Uh, so first question. The only thing that is devastating is that Tony Daniel well, is on for one issue. What series <laughs> would you see him on as a regular? Um, I'd love to see him on a proper Superman run. I wish his Justice League run lasted longer. Did he do a Andy um, Diggle action comics uh, like two issues? Three. Three. Andy Diggle wrote one. Tony okay. Daniel took over for the next three. Or um, a proper Wonder Woman run. I'd love to see. I don't know, man. I don't – well, Tony Daniel's hit and miss for me. It, it, it just – like, I like the Jason Fabox and, and Jim Lee when he's on Tony point. Daniel is the nicest guy. He spent time talking to me and Blaine. Hey, man. I after <laughs> I did not get no, into no, lines no, no, to, no, ta- really. to, to, to get stuff signed by him, not only did he, like – hand off like let me hand off the book to him like so whatever that book guys like whatever he's on i'm gonna support okay so 
On top of the fact that I love his art. So don't talk smack about his art, dude. He's good. I abstain from the question. That's too funny. <laughs> I withdraw the question, Your Honor. <laughs> I withdraw the questions. Dude, forever from I will the, defend that dude. He did not have to spend like 15 minutes talking He's to me. He's definitely better, he better than a finch, that's for sure. Oh, my God. Now you're just now you're just trying to piss me off. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I want to see him on a, um, a, a space-faring series like That'd be Captain cool. Marvel. Yeah. Just <laughs> cross the streams there, yeah. Roger. I would say for Green Lantern, Rafa Sandoval. Rafa Sandoval kills it. Notch. Like yeah. you can't beat him. Like he's so good. For how he's got yeah. how dialed in. <laughs> yeah. mm, Was that see. it? Carlos? Do you um, care? No, I don't. I, <laughs> Batman. I like I like the way he draws Batman. Well he does yeah. Yeah. He does do Batman really well. So uh, second question: Robotech versus Transformers. Which do you enjoy more, oh, Transformers? Transformers. None of them. They, yeah. That was a dumb question. <laughs> Jeez, that's <laughs> not. I don't think that was a dumb question. Dumb question I think he was just apologize to all the Robotech fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dumb question. Uh, third question: What is your favorite origin-related story for Superman? There's so many. I like the Birthright. Related. That one's real cool. Birthright's probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. Mainly because Mark Wade, Lionel Yu. Birthright was good, yeah. The Jeff guy. Johns one was good too, though. Oh, uh, Last on a Krypton? Yeah. I don't think I ever read that. The one he did with Richard Donner? Yes. And Kubert? I haven't read enough DC. Yeah, that is one. It was Secret Origins, isn't it? Is it Secret? Wait, you're thinking of a different one then. Did he do Secret Origins? Yeah, yeah. He, he did. didn't do Secret Origins. Yeah. yeah. Green Lantern, Secret Origins. Did he? Yeah. Jeff Johns? I remember because I have a hardcover. I need to double check this. <laughs> Pretty sure he did. Okay, we'll we'll <laughs> yeah we'll shelf that question. Birthright okay, is my is my usual go to answer. Birthright so there you go, Blake. All right. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, uh, did we get any new reviews? Did we even check? I checked the other day. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Uh, guys, if you like what you're hearing, please rate, review, subscribe, like, and share. Uh, if you want to go above and beyond, you go to Patreon.com. Slash All Star Comics podcast. You can get it on for as little as a dollar, three dollar gets you the exclusive content, such as Multiversity University, which is going to be coming up at the end of this episode. Yes. So you're going to want to stay on for a little bit longer. Uh, and then if you want to keep up with everything at Horizon Comics, at Horizon Comics on Twitter and Instagram, like Horizon Comics on Facebook. If you want to keep up with Johnny, uh, you can follow uh, me everywhere at the Johnny Two X Four for your professional comic boy needs. Oh God, Hydra uh, Five Five for yep. PSN, Twitter, Instagram, all that jazz. Everything. I'm at Saint Jonathan. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. Yeah, yo. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Multiversity University. I'm your host, Larry Douglas. When we left off last week, we were talking about the Platinum Age, just beginning our discussion of the Platinum Age. And of course, we are going to continue that because the Platinum Age is so important to comic book history. But tonight, we're going to take a little break because I did get a suggestion from one of our listeners. Uh, thank you to Bryce Smith for making this suggestion. Um, and it's one that I really had a lot of fun with because he suggested three different topics, one of which I actually knew something about, but the other two which required a lot of research on my part, and it was a lot of fun doing that. So again, thank you, Bryce, for making the suggestion. 
One of the things that Bryce asked about was word balloons and how those got started in comics. We had mentioned in our episode about the Victorian age that word balloons weren't actually used in the Victorian age. So how is it that word balloons got started? Well, there are actually early examples of word balloons going all the way back to ancient Egypt. In ancient Egyptian art, If they wanted to depict somebody speaking, they would put a little symbol called a cartouche next to the person who was speaking and put hieroglyphics inside to indicate that that person was saying something. Also in Mesoamerica, basically the ancient Mayans uh, between about 600 and 900 AD, they did something very similar in their art if they wanted to depict a person speaking. However, neither of those really led to the word balloons that we have in comic books today. Uh, They were just kind of isolated examples. What actually led to the word balloons was something that started in late medieval art in Europe, and that was a tradition of depicting a character speaking in a painting by putting something that looked kind of like a scroll next to that character and then putting some words on that scroll to show that this these were words that that particular figure was speaking in that painting. Uh, these were called word scrolls, and they started in the 13th century, and they continued uh, throughout the late medieval and the Renaissance period. And then they were picked up in the 17th century by cartoons. Now, when I say cartoons, I'm not, of course, referring to the kind that we watch on TV today, but I'm talking about what are really just single panel comic strips. And these single panel comic strips began using word balloons. Now, the comic strips themselves that had multiple panels didn't. I uh, don't really know why it was the single panel cartoons that started picking it up, probably because they were trying to convey a lot of information just within one panel. And especially if you wanted to have more than one character speaking, uh, a simple caption wouldn't do it. But throughout the 17th century and um, all throughout the 19th cent- 18th and 19th centuries, uh, throughout what we would called Victorian age as well, um, word balloons were pretty much limited to just those single panel cartoons. They didn't start getting used in comic strips until 1896, and they were used in a comic strip that we have spoken about before, The Yellow Kid. Now, I should point out that the comic strip itself was popularly known as The Yellow Kid. It was really called Hogan's Alley and then later changed to McFadden's Flats. Um, But in, uh, in 1896, Richard Outcault actually began using word balloons in that particular comic strip, and that began getting picked up by other comic strips as well. And so since the Platinum Age books were mostly reprints of newspaper comic strips, they, of course, got carried over into the comic books as well. And this is how we ended up getting word balloons. And, of course, word balloons have proliferated as time has gone on. Um, There used to be a time when you had a lot of the narrative being carried by captions even after the Victorian age. But as time has gone on, the word balloons have dominated and now our story is being told mostly by dialogue through word balloons. Now, another thing that Bryce asked about, and this was pretty interesting to look into, was the thought balloon, something which has kind of fallen out of disfavor today. But uh, for those of us who were old enough to have started reading comic books back in the late 50s or early 60s, we remember those fluffy, cloud-like looking balloons indicating that a character was thinking rather than speaking. 
Um, this is one that nobody seems really quite sure when thought balloons first started being used. The earliest reference that I could find to one was in a Popeye comic strip by E.C. Seagar, the person who created Popeye, back in 1929. Now, he didn't use the thought balloons that we come to think of because what he did was simply use a regular word balloon and put the word thought next to it to show that a character was thinking rather than speaking. And throughout the rest of the Platinum Age and into the Golden Age, there were various ways that comic strips and comic books showed that a character was thinking. Sometimes they would uh, put the words themselves in quotation marks to show that this was a thought rather than uh, something that somebody was saying. And, and they tried different ways. It wasn't until the 50s that the thought balloon, that fluffy cloud-like thought balloon uh, began being used. And by about the late 50s, basically in the Silver Age, uh, is when they became standardized. Now, uh, today, we don't use them very much anymore because the internal monologue has become much more important rather than just a character thinking in a particular panel. And so in order to carry those thoughts through to multiple panels, we've instead gone more to, um, to captions um, and putting those in boxes rather than using the thought balloons. Um, but for those of us who are old enough to remember them, we kind of miss those, uh, those fluffy thought balloons uh, that looked so much like clouds. Now, um, one other thing that Bryce asked about was something called uh, onomatopoeia in comic books. Now, onomatopoeia is a word for those who may not be familiar with it, which just means a word that sounds like the thing it's trying to describe. Now, these kind of words are common in all languages. A lot of times, these are words that are used to describe the sounds that animals make. So in English, for example, a sound like meow for a cat or woof for a dog would be considered onomatopoeic um, <laughs> words because of the fact that they're supposed to be imitating the sound that is made. But of course, that's a very important thing in comic books because this is how we depict sound in comic books. I mean, after all, if you open a comic book, you're not going to hear any sounds when you're reading. So how do we show sound in comics? Well, it turns out that we know exactly when that started happening. Um, throughout the Victorian age and earlier than that in the early comic strips, um, there were no sound effects of any sort. Uh, it was simply, you simply read, and if there were any sounds, you simply imagined them. But there was one particular person, a man named Roy Crane, who actually began the whole idea of sound effects in comics. Um, Roy Crane was a guy who had a very interesting life. We don't really have time to discuss him tonight, but maybe some other time we will. Uh, just say that he had a very checkered early life, including spending time as a hobo, literally riding the rails. But he also was interested in cartooning, and in April, on April 21st, 1924, he started a comic strip called Wash Tubs. Now, Wash Tubs was about a short, kind of chubby guy who worked in a grocery store, and it was very typical uh, of comic strips of that day. Every day was uh, just a new gag, and each strip kind of stood on its own. But after about four months of doing this, uh, Roy Crane got tired of doing things that way, and what he ended up doing was sending his character, Wash Tubbs, to a South Pacific island to hunt for buried treasure. And the Wash Tubbs strip ended up turning 
from a gag a day type strip into a an adventure strip uh, where the story continued from day to day. So Roy Crane is actually considered the father of the adventure comic strip as a result. Now, what Roy decided to do as well, though, was experiment with the art. And so he began experimenting with things like lettering and uh and he began experimenting with how to draw backgrounds. He ended up drawing some of the more realistic and detailed backgrounds that you would ever see in the early comic strips of that day. And he also began trying to put essentially sound effects in these comics. And so if a character fell into the water, he would write something like Curse Splash. Um, if a character was hitting another character, he would write Pow or Bam or some of those types of things. And this became so popular that other comic strip writers began picking it up. But we really owe the whole thing to Roy Crane and his uh, Wash Tubs comic strip, which he started back in 1924. So I hope that that answers your question, Bryce. And uh, again, thank you very much for that topic suggestion. I really enjoyed it. And I hope you stick with us again next week as we continue our discussion of the Platinum Age.